Rich Paul says LeBron had it tougher than Michael Jordan because of all the scrutiny. Is he right? Plus, NBA players feeling very, very isolated and lonely. We talk about all that and real or fake. There's going to be some real carryover from these FIBA World Cup performances. This is all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown NBA podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. We're here Monday through Friday, different hosts every day. And on Wednesdays, it's us. A nice, nice little stretch of both of us being here. John Corrales, I host the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. I think the only show that I've missed this whole year might be the Mardi Gras Day one, which I will miss every single year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I do I do miss more because my job covering the Celtics takes me into locker rooms and everything when when this show will be recorded. Unfortunately, but um yeah, I think your reason is much, much better than mine. <laughs> more fun, maybe at least depending Definitely on the Definitely. No more one fun. needs to see me at like uh eleven PM that night. <laughs> No, no. I, I mean, I would love to see you at 11 We've hung out in New Orleans plenty. I've not seen you on Mardi Gras. That would be a whole different level. Glitter everywhere. <laughs> and on that note, we will move forward. Hey, uh, lots of great performances in the World Cup. Can, can those carry over to the NBA season? We'll talk about that in our real or fake. In the first and second segments, it's kind of related stuff. This is kind of a nuance. This is a great off-season topic because we'll we'll kind of transition into uh, an article written that focuses a lot on Kelly Oubre, but it's you know mental health, guys feeling isolated in the NBA. Uh, but it starts with the discussion that Rich Paul kind of said uh, in a recent appearance that LeBron had it harder than Michael Jordan. And it's always the LeBron versus Michael and, you know, who had it better and who had it harder and blah, blah, blah. And Rich Paul made the point that LeBron is the first player, the first true superstar to have been subjected to 24, seven, 365, just a daily news cycle. And one of the interesting points, points that he made, Jake is he's subjected to everybody's opinion even those people who may not have earned the the valid opinions, which is interesting, and and maybe a shot at people like us on our podcast. Oh, talking, absolutely, you know? yeah. And so, so it's an interesting kind of uh, take to say, yeah, LeBron, LeBron had it tougher because his every waking moment is is under a microscope. So. There's a lot to this, you know, it's also rich, a lot to it, right? We we don't have enough time for all of it. This is also rich Paul who I don't know, maybe is close friends with LeBron James or something like that. Little, little, little bias on some of this stuff, but he does make a decent point that, you know what, like, He's probably been, he's been under a microscope since he was in high school, right? He had the cover of Sports Illustrated calling him the chosen one. And the fact that he's just lived up to that, you know, even if he didn't reach the heights that he has had is, is pretty incredible to me. And it takes, 
you know, it's like otherworldly in a sense. So no, he's not wrong in a sense that, yeah, this was a little bit harder, right? You could look at Jordan's career and go, what if Twitter existed during that time, right? The gambling scandals and things like that, you know, how would that have been approached? You've heard Steve Curry even say that those teams would never have survived because of some of the off-court stuff they did. And he's thrilled nobody had camera phones back then to try and capture some of those sorts of things. So yeah, I guess it adds it. uh, you know, to the toughness of it, you know, but I think that comes down to the person and kind of mental resiliency, which will tie into what we talk about with Kelly Ridge Jr., where, look, you know, yeah, LeBron's been subjected to this and it's basically been more out there and in his face, but it's not like people weren't at bars being like, screw Michael Jordan or all of those things, right? People were saying probably a lot of the same things and still had opinions about him. He just couldn't hear them as much or it was harder to find them I think too so it's not like this hasn't been going on it's just more this is in your face with this sort of stuff the social media aspect of this is that's kind of what this is in a sense it it is what it is it is that's the whole the whole crux of this and I've said this a million times about Larry Bird Larry Bird Celtics obviously an an all-time NBA legend uh and he broke his hand in a fight at a bar before I think it was the 1987 finals or something. Like he he had um a number of things. Like he hurt his back repaving his mom's driveway and building a retaining wall or something. He he did a lot of things. He said a lot of things that in today's out uh, you know, today today's atmosphere would have been outrageous and he would have just been picked apart. And it would have been it would have been hard to come into a media kind of a scrum or whatever and to constantly have to answer, what did you mean by this? What did you mean by this? What did you mean by this? And it does have an impact on players. It's very easy to kind of get derailed and lose your focus. And I think Rich Paul does make a good point about LeBron having it harder in a certain sense, not that he, not that he had it harder in right. but in this particular sense, absolutely. Absolutely. I think now this far into the, the evolution of Twitter and I don't know if it's on its deathbed or whatever it is, I think we can kind of come to the, the consensus that social media actually sucks. And as much as it's given me personally in my, you know, cr- created a career and, and, and all of that for me and you and all of us in this kind of sphere, social media can really, really, really suck. And if you're not able to handle it, it can, it can be very derailing to a player to some degree in his career. I mean, look at like Zion Williamson, right? With all the fat jokes that get me oh, yeah. questions about his weight and everything. And he's, he's been open about this being like, it was rough. He's like, why are all these people yelling at me when I'm just trying to get healthy? And I had a setback, you know, even with the hamstring this past season and everything, and it can really do a number on these type of players. And Jordan, you know, didn't have to go through some of that. Look, we don't need to dive too deep into this, but think about like Kobe Bryant, right? And the sexual assault case that he was going through flying from Denver or Colorado back to LA for court cases. How would that have affected him? How would that even have mm-hmm. affected like his legacy when it comes to that sort of stuff? Right? Like that's something that's kind of one of those, you know, and I don't want to go too deep into that, but you no, can't but say like- it wouldn't have been a bigger deal than maybe 
it was, I think. And so looking at how, you know, LeBron's had to just kind of navigate everything, you know, you basically can't screw up right? Like that's not easy as a human to more or less need to be perfect all the time because of the consequences that it could have. And I don't mean like, don't do horrible things, right? Like don't, don't do horrible things, obviously, but even just like what you eat and things like that, really people will come after you for. I mean, look at the decision. He, he had the decision and that I think is at at the, one of the forefronts. If, if anybody can point to the worst point of LeBron's career, it's that making him making the decision the way he did, even though it raised money and did a lot of good. And, you know, he, he, he tried to turn it into, it's the, the way it was produced. He tried to take advantage of this kind of atmosphere and it, it backfired on him and, and, He's so good that it didn't matter. He ended up recovering from it. I think it's, and and I got to say this, I got to say this. No one, and this applies to the next bit too. No one is feeling sorry for these guys. When we're going to be talking about this stuff, no one is feeling sorry for these players because of the amount of money they make. And that speaks to a much bigger offshoot conversation about our society and and the value that we put on the dollar and how we say hey you make this much money you should be fine and we dismiss you but there is something to be said about all of this lebron might not be the best kind of face for this argument cuz he's so good so good that whatever social media did to him, let's just phrase it that way. Mm-hmm. He's so good that the teams that he was on has been on made it easy for him because they just capitulated to every demand. They did everything that he wanted. He got to make his choices. He ushered in this era of player agency. He pioneered, he and Clutch Sports pioneered the two plus one constantly holding the team, you know, the team's feet to the fire to keep adding players around around him. He did a lot of stuff in the NBA to make his own life easier. So whatever scrutiny was on the outside, as long as it was managed properly and it did make things more difficult, it it definitely he was able to mitigate that. Let me give you a chance to think about your response in just this, so we'll, we'll come back with your response. First, I want to tell the people about FanDuel because if you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, you get two great deals for the NFL season here from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're a new customer, if you haven't signed up yet, now's the time because you can bet $5 to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed, win or lose. You bet that $5, you'll get $200 in bonus bets. All customers, everybody, everybody. Who bets $5 gets $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So now is absolutely the best time, the perfect time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get the kickoff the NFL season with an offer you can't refuse. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. We just ask you to please gamble responsibly. 
Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Check out, we, we're talking a lot about LeBron, Locked On Lakers. They're going to be talking about this kind of stuff. All of the Locked On uh, teams have their individual, all of the teams have their individual Locked On. So check them out. Uh, lots of these conversations, including the next segment conversation, which is heavily discussed on your show, Jake. So uh, I cut you off to tell the people about FanDuel. So uh, let's let's get your response. No, I, it, you know, when you kind of argue it in the way that you did, right, of look at how good he is and none of this has actually impacted him. When we hear other players kind of all the time, not all the time, but talk about how this stuff impacts them. Like, I don't know, it validates Rich Paul's point a little bit. And he was trying to say, you know, they're both goats, right? And then LeBron is just a little bit above Jordan, in his opinion, because of all of this stuff. And it's, you know, he is so good to kind of put out some of the distractions, get away from some of those, handle them and do everything he did and still accomplish all he did. You know, that says something there, right? It makes me kind of be like, okay, yeah, I need to reevaluate this a little bit more. You know, when you think about like, remember we did a show on like the the school that he did in- Akron and Akron. everything, right? And then recently that's been in the news because people are trying to kind of use that to tear down LeBron James and those sorts of things. Like, that's exhausting when you're trying to kind of do good in the world and people are twisting things, right? And that could definitely mess with you because that's something he's going to be asked about this season. And despite all of that, people kind of like trying to tear him down, actively trying to tear him down, it seems like. It mm-hmm. hasn't done that. You know, it's it's something that, yeah, maybe needs to kind of be factored in when you're having these GOAT discussions, which no one needs to be having in the first place. But <laughs> I don't know. There you go. Yeah, but no, it does. It I do think the, the point that Rich Paul is making is actually probably, I think, better applied to general NBA player because – yeah, NBA players now. LeBron is in his own class, and yeah, he has had it harder. But also, when you're that good, you're that good, and it kind of doesn't matter in a lot of senses. But taking this to the the article uh, uh, from the Guardian on Kelly, you know, featuring Kelly Oubre, but really a lot of NBA players have talked about the isolating nature of NBA fame. Uh, uh, we heard the commissioner talk about, uh, and it's referenced in that piece about, uh, you know, Adam Silver said there are a lot of players that are depressed and they are isolated. The, the fame hits right away. You get a ton of money right away. Uh, and what you can't be is a young player. Like, you're young and rich and you put on all these crazy like outfits like Kelly Oubre. He likes to get dressed like he likes to dress up for for these games and it's immediately used against you. Anything you do, any bad game you have and 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 the reason why the general NBA player I think is more effective is affected they have more bad games than LeBron, right? Like the people can talk about, "Oh, LeBron, you always travel like whatever." You know, what it, but if you're a, a good NBA player, that's a bad shooting night. People get on you hard on social media. And it, you want to be a 22-year-old kid on Twitter. Why can't you just be a 22-year-old on Twitter or on Instagram? Because you're rich, because you're famous, because you play basketball extraordinarily well, you're almost, you almost can't be a normal person. And that that is isolating. It's it's a lot of things, right? Like th- there's the social media side of it. And I- I'm going to use Zion as like an example of kind of two sides of this in here, right? Like 
Without getting into more details, we know what happened to him earlier in the summer here, right? He was just kind of being a kid with money, and all of a sudden his entire news is out there for everybody to see. And it's like, you know, it did isolate him. I can tell you that, right? It, it, It impacts all of these players and the way they kind of act and operate. And then, you know, that isolation can lead to other things. But in that article, what I found most interesting really was Kelly Ray talking about how people are coming in money uh, coming to him for money like are yep. do these people have my best intentions at heart or are they just trying to kind of scam off of me or leech off of me as much as possible and so it forces a lot of these players kind of into small groups right to have a have an inner circle right their camp i think is the word that's mostly used with this look at zion right with his stepdad kind of controlling his career controlling how he operates and I don't know if it's necessarily in the best interest of Zion's career, but do you blame him for, for you know, trusting the guy that raised him versus other people when he doesn't 100%. know, you know, oh, is this person actually trying to give me good advice on this marketing deal or this agent trying to steer me in the correct direction? Or are they all just trying to get rich off me? Or is this guy that I've known my whole life, basically, the one that I should be trusting, even if he's not a as say much of a professional as some of these guys, that's really hard to navigate and can derail your career very, very quickly. And I think one other aspect, I kind of want to make sure I get this point in here is the recent, uh, explosion of player podcasts has kind of weaponized this phenomenon. Players are using the news cycle, the social media cycle to troll, to play their games to like the Patrick Beverly had this whole thing about Anthony Edwards. The guys talked about it on yesterday's show. He said, Anthony Edwards needs to get out of Minnesota and all of that. And the guys had a great discussion, but also Patrick Beverly was traded by the Minnesota Timberwolves and holds a grudge against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they had like, he was part of like a big, big moment for them. And then he got traded and he, at the first chance he gets and every chance he gets to tweak the Timberwolves and say, Oh yeah, Anthony Edwards needs to get out of there. Throws a shot again at the Timberwolves sweeps up Anthony Edwards in the middle of it makes ants, you know, life, I don't know how much, I don't know how much he pays attention to it, but now Ant has to hear about this. It becomes part of the news cycle. Players, Draymond Green with the Jordan Poole thing. All of these guys who have their podcasts, who launch their podcast now have the opportunity to weaponize this thing and turn this, this news cycle into, into part of the gamesmanship of the NBA. And I honestly, I don't know how fair that is because there's a lot of unintended consequences that come with that. I thought about it from that perspective. Like, Oh, we're getting into like mind games off the court kind of thing through their podcast, knowing what what these players say all the time. They know it. They just, they craft exactly what they want to say and they know that it's going to get caught up and it'll be part 24 hours, 48 hours. It's going to be out there. They know it. Yeah. You know, I think it just goes to show you that like, yeah, you can make millions upon millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's just kind of still difficult at times, right? Like it's, it's not easy being a professional 
basketball player, you know, but beyond just the, like, you got to be in shape, you got to be good at what you do practice and those sorts of things. Right. You kind of think like, Oh, I get all that money and my problems would be fixed. Not necessarily depending on what you're doing. There's a whole lot more that comes with that in navigating how to, you know, effectively use that money for whatever your ultimate goals and things like that are is not an easy thing to do. And the paranoia that comes with that paranoid and paranoia was used in that article with Kelly Mm -hmm. Oubre that, you know, that's again, no one is feeling sorry for them for having, you know, being multi-millionaires here. $60 million hitting the lottery, right? right? You hit the lottery. We're, We're not feeling sorry for them, but it's a way to kind of look at them a little bit more as a human and maybe understand how some of these decisions get made rather than just being like, oh, that dude's fat, lazy, and doesn't care anymore because he got paid, which is something I hear fans scream a lot about. This is one of my um my my number one goals whenever I'm writing or talking about the NBA is to portray these players as much as possible as human beings because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. And congratulations to them for hitting the genetic lottery. They are taller, faster, they they play basketball at a level higher than 99.999% of the world population. They are the elite of the elite. Kelly Oubre, who isn't signed yet, is one of the best basketball players in the world still, okay? And and that's that's a guy who I guess we can characterize him as on the fringe of the NBA at the moment. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. But he's still an elite basketball player. That's how good you have to be to not be in the NBA right now. Um, there's, There's a human being here that is in his 20s in his twenties that is expected to act with all the maturity in the world to always make all the right decisions to handle all the scrutiny perfectly every time. And the second he has one little misstep, boom, we all pounce and I'm as guilty as anybody because I host podcasts and we all pounce to say bad move, buddy. You shouldn't have done that. And yeah, he deserves criticism. They all deserve the criticism for when you make a mistake, but man, People love to pounce and not only do they love to pounce, they love to pile on, you know, it's, it's the old Bugs Bunny clip where all the the dogs jump onto Bugs Bunny and then he gets on top, you know, dog pile on the rabbit, dog pile on the rabbit, Google it. You'll know what I'm talking about. It's an old man reference. Uh, People love to pile on today too. People love to pile on and above all else these are human beings and mental health issues, which is the number one, like my number one cause that I I always want to get to Um, mental health issues impact everybody, no matter how much money you make mental health issues, do not care about your paycheck, do not care who you play for. And if you have anything like that going on, this stuff can be isolating. It could exacerbate the problem. And I no, no one feels sorry for these guys, but you know what? No, no one's asking you to feel sorry for these guys. You just got to give them like a little bit of grace, right? In, in some of like these human things. Yeah, Treat them like a human being. Like, yeah, you know, they understand that they're rich. They understand how blessed they are. But also like sometimes things get hard. And like when things get hard, like say like, yeah, okay, yeah. Acknowledge it, it and be like, okay, I understand. Do you think it's going to get worse with 
you know, more TV money in and all these, you know, these contracts are skyrocketing and that's not going to go down anytime soon. Right. So instead of a dude making $5 million where maybe you actually need to be a little bit careful with some of that, right? Like you got to make that last depending on who you used to be and who you were, depending on when you got that money, you know, we're going to have guys making 60, $70 million per season soon. (laughs) Right. That's right. That's Jalen Brown's contract at the final season is 72 million i think it's insane uh, is it gonna get worse <laughs> i think i know i think we're at critical mass to be honest with you it, yeah, uh, how much worse like, it can get no they're making so much money it's not like more right. people are gonna come think, out of the woodwork i or think something. i think we're social media and i'm dragging this out i know i am social it's media open. exploded onto the scene and we on an evolutionary plane didn't know what to make of it in our brains and i think we're starting to figure out like Okay, we're starting to figure out, oh, yeah, yeah, social media actually kind of sucks. So guys can actually be like, oh, I can turn this off. I can actually just turn this off and be okay with it versus before it's like, I just want to be on Instagram. I just want to be on Twitter. Why can't I just do that? And now people are, I think, getting more to the point of like, I can, can I shut off my comments? Can I, maybe I can just not get notified, just turn off the notifications and not click on that. And I'm just going to go through the pictures and not respond. Like the people are starting to figure out how to handle it a little bit more. And th- this is, they're growing up with it. You know, they're growing up with it versus LeBron got hit with it. Now these guys are all growing up with it. And I think that that kind of helps them figure out how to do it. All right. I want to talk some uh, actual basketball. They're playing basketball hey. over in uh, Asia. It's called the World Cup. Lots of NBA guys are playing and playing well. So we'll say real or fake. That will carry over to this upcoming season. Do that next. First, I want to thank you for making Lockdown NBA you are your first listen every day, still Monday through Friday. Check out Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd is the GOAT. We talk about the GOAT. Josh Lloyd, basically, if you're not listening to him when it comes to fantasy basketball, I don't know how you could possibly win your league. You listen to him, you're going to win your league. Lockdown fantasy basketball. Uh, you get every trick, every advantage, I think, from listening to him. So check that show out. All right, Jake. Lots of great performances in the World Cup. Um, and guys, you know, we hear like we see the phenomenon, guys who play like just role players in the NBA go back to their home countries and are just like gods, gods. And everybody gets excited every time there's a, a big competition like this. Uh, one of the best players in the FIBA World Cup is Dennis Schroeder. Germany has been playing great, and, and Schroeder has been their best player. And Anthony Edwards has been amazing for the United States. Uh, so, so with all of these really good performances from a lot of players that we recognize across these, these national teams, let's play our weekly game of real or fake. Jake? Real or fake, these great performances will carry over to the NBA season. So I'm actually going to say fake, but I'm going to put an asterisk on it a little bit, right? You mentioned a couple uh, of names of these guys are leading their teams, doing things like that. But role 
in the NBA matters and you might be playing a different role here. And if you're playing a different role, no, that form doesn't tend to carry over because you're not playing the same kind of minutes. You're not necessarily put in the same position to succeed like you do on a national team. Look at Billy Hernan Gomez with Spain going back to uh, Eurobasket this past summer. He was the MVP of that and he got no minutes on the Pelicans. Yeah. So no, it doesn't carry over unless you're kind of a superstar and no matter what, you're going to have minutes to play in the right role to lead a team. Dennis Schroeder is going to have very limited minutes in the NBA next year and he's not going to be doing the same exact thing. It's also very much a different play style than the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Anthony Edwards who have kind of a starring role here for Team USA who are getting a lot of shots that they trust to do the thing. Absolutely, I think some of that will carry over. I loved how Shea Gilgis-Alexander has played. He's going to have a very similar role on the Oklahoma City Thunder next year. But I do think that is kind of the small amount of guys. Flip side of it too, Brandon Ingram's played poorly for Team USA. He's a role player there. He's going to lead the Pelicans because he's going to have the ball in his hands in a be the point guard yeah. for the team so i don't think his poor play is going to carry over because it's going to be entirely different so i think this is fun but unless the player is playing the same role i don't put much stock into fiba play so to me that's fake unless it's like the three four guys who are playing a very similar role in which case yeah then that's real i'll say this actually i'll say it after you finish your turn i'm gonna say fake because, first of all, there's no way you're going to tell me that Dennis Schroeder is going to lead the Toronto Raptors to anything other than what the Toronto Raptors were mainly expected. Like, they're not going to be anything besides like a middle of the road team at best because they're not. I, I, He's also not going to score 20, it, 20 points per game for, for him on 26 and a half minutes per. Like, Dennis Schroeder is not the answer in the NBA. He's not. And I will say that it's possible for. Like Nikola Jovic is getting some like love for his performances um, for for Serbia, and I I will say that the the confidence that a young player can get playing well for his national team, and then turning around and coming right to the NBA because look, it's September fifth. This is where this show drops on um, September sixth. Camp opens up in a few weeks. By the time this, these these guys are done, you kind of go right into NBA training camp. So what, some of these younger guys with some confidence playing well, that can carry over. That can carry over because you're shooting well and all of that stuff. But confidence is fragile, and like the ball is different. Like you said, the style is different. Everything. There's the story of uh, you know Paolo Boncaro carrying the FIBA ball around with him all the time because the ball is different. It feels different. It There's more panels on it. It just It's a different ball. And so you come back to the NBA, all of a sudden, very easy to snap back into like, oh, right, these guys are bigger. These guys are faster. This is These are the rules. The rules are different. We play 40, you know, 42 minutes, uh, 48 minutes instead of 40 minutes. Like you're, you're it's just different enough so the confidence that some of these guys can bring in will be fragile and maybe they can build on it, but they, they're going to have to try to build on that right away. But look, I, I agree with your point, Anthony Edwards, SGA, those guys, they're, if they're getting better this year, it's because they were getting better this year. Yeah. It has nothing to do with FIBA. Dylan Brooks is not playing like this, you know, moving forward. Like it's just not. So 
I don't, I don't think any of this is going to carry it. Like FIBA performance, I would say 5% of it might carry over. Everything else is just natural progression for players. Yeah, I agree with that, right? Like certain guys were going to be better and then they get to go and do this. And, you know, if anything, it'll make some of these guys sharper to start the season, right? You know, playing more basketball at a at a high competitive level, which I do consider this. It's not the NBA level, but it's certainly competitive. Is only going to make you better when you go into training camp than if you didn't participate in something like this, right? So you'll see some of these guys have maybe a slight uptick in form, but that doesn't matter unless they get minutes to play. And some of these guys aren't going to get minutes really really at the NBA level with it all. And so if you don't, I, I don't care how many points you're putting up per game in FIBA, because if you don't have that same role here, it doesn't matter. You know, practice hard. You know, some of these guys on Team USA going against each other for, you know, two, three months. I'd love that. I think that'll help them a little bit. But if a guy is averaging 30 points per game in FIBA, no one's really doing that, right? It's not like they're going to come into the NBA and do the exact same thing. You think Portland is watching this and saying, woo, Jovic, he's playing well. Maybe we will take him and send Dame Lillard to Miami. I think Pat Riley is calling up Portland being like, you watching this? You watching Serbia now. right We actually now? don't want Lillard here, so sorry, right? If you know, anything, like, that makes them, like, uh, you think he's swaying anybody with that performance? No. no. Look, no, the Pelicans would have traded Billy Hurdy and Gomez last year. He was the MVP. They spent all offseason hyping him up, calling him MVP in training camp and other things, and the dude didn't play, and he was so upset that he wanted out, basically, and now he's going back to Europe because he could take a starring role there because he couldn't get it in the NBA. Yeah, because some guys just aren't good enough. The, the level of competition overseas is different, not yeah. as good. And and that's why that's why a guy, like I'm going back old school Celtics, a guy like Shane Larkin comes over for the Celtics you know, a few years ago and plays a, a nice little role off the bench. But you go, somebody go Google Shane Larkin's accolades in, in EuroLeague. His MVPs, he's like multiple, he's, he's highly decorated in the EuroLeague. Mm -hmm. And like he comes over here and it's like, meh. So highly decorated guys playing overseas doesn't mean much. So I think it his, uh, his, he's got a lot of awards over there. He has a lot of awards. It's shocking how many accolades he has is Shane Larkin, you know, but these, these national teams are playing great, right? Lithuania played great. Can't like all of these teams were playing uh, great, but there's different elements to why they play great. The style yeah. and all of that stuff is just different in the NBA. So it's fake. It's all fake. It's fake. All it's, fake. This one's fake. We agree this week. And uh, you know what's real? This podcast is really over. Done. Finished. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Really appreciate you sticking with us through all of these wild off-season uh, topics. A lot of fun, though. I think it's interesting stuff. So let us know what you think in the comment section on the YouTube page. Share your thoughts. We'd love to hear that. Uh, as usual on Wednesdays, you got me, John Corrales. At John Corral, John underscore Corrales on Twitter. I host the Lockdown Celtics podcast. I'm Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. And tomorrow it's Pat, it's Nick, and they've got you covered again five days a week here on the Lockdown NBA podcast. So make sure you are with us. Subscribe, share the podcast, spread the word. 
Tell your friends, tell your family they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast right here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.